Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Being together with beloved people we can trust and find rest in is the most important thing when we have good news, or difficult news for that matter. That was certainly true here where Elizabeth and Mary spent three months together before the birth of their sons. Three months of great joy in being together. As we prepare for Christmas, might we too get wrapped up in the joy of being together to support and encourage one another. And might that joy be not of this world, but based in the love and joy we share in the good news of the coming Christ. This week's message of the week comes from Pastor Jen Tyler. She shares from Luke 1 and reminds us to live simply together. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Friends, we're going to jump into the Word, and as we prepare to do so, I want to invite you to pray with me. Faithful and loving God, as we listen for your Word, we ask that you would open our ears, that we might hear you clearly in this place. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So I wonder if I'm the only one who's ever noticed that sometimes things are better when we lean into them in community. As Pastor Bryce alluded to, today I want to talk about the gift of community and how it can support and uplift us, whether it is in times of hardship when we want to be surrounded by people that we know love us and care about us and understand the emotions that come with our particular situations, or whether it is in a time of the opposite of that, of celebration and of joy, when people rally around you and want to celebrate with you. Wherever we are in life, it really is better, isn't it, when we can enjoy or celebrate or commune together in community? Even if we don't often think about it in these terms, I think our culture has helped us to get some of these things right. It is why we come together in public times when we are mourning or grieving the loss of someone who has transitioned into life eternal. It's why we also have big celebrations at times, like when someone's getting married, or if there's a graduation, or maybe a baby shower, when people are invited to come together to give thanks and to celebrate and know that there is nothing in this life that we have to do alone. Now, I could go on and on and argue that their culture gets other things right, too. Like, at all of these celebrations, we always have food, because if anything brings us together, it's that, right? And yet we know that whatever it is that brings us together, life is better when we can do it together. And especially when we can live life surrounded by people who love us and who see us and who can honor us just as we are. Now, of course, these aren't new ideas. We know that from the beginning of time, people have lived in community together. Even in the opening stories of scripture and the story of creation, we are told that man and woman are created to be together because it is not good, scripture says, that one should be alone. And so life began with the first community of Adam and Eve coming together, and it continues throughout Scripture and well beyond into our lives. 
And in our scripture reading that I want to read for us today, it highlights exactly this. It highlights in a story that is perhaps familiar to many of us, how the gift of community plays a a big important role in all of these stories, even in scripture. I want you to hear what I mean as I read for us from the Gospel of Luke. I'm going to read in the first chapter, beginning with verse 35. These verses and this story are immediately following the angel Gabriel coming to Mary to tell her that God is with her and that she will conceive the Son of God. And so the angel says to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God." Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Here ends our reading today. So as we listen for this lens and this gift of community in this passage, I wonder if anyone noticed it where I did. How here in this story, we learn not just of Mary's faithfulness and how she so quickly and willingly stepped forward to serve God in this unprecedented way, But I wonder if you see community showing up in this telling of the story as well. We are told that as a messenger of God, the angel Gabriel delivers this miraculous news to Mary. That Mary surely was going to need time to process this news. Can you imagine getting news like that, that you're going to become pregnant with the Son of God? Surely Mary needed this time to process, and that would have brought with it a series of emotions. Have you ever had something happen in your life that you were both really excited for, that you were anticipating, that brought you a whole lot of hope, but at the same time, maybe you were a little afraid? Or you were wondering about what might be coming, or maybe you had some anxiety about it? That's what I imagine Mary feeling in this moment. And in the midst of all of that, as Mary is processing this, Angel Gabriel gives her a little gift, not like a tangible kind of gift that we can hold in our hands, mind you, but the kind of gift that will truly be able to uplift and sustain her as he gives to her the gift of community. 
community that comes in the form of perhaps an unexpected gift, as he tells her that Elizabeth, her relative, whom she would have known, who was much older than her, whom Mary would have known was barren, meaning she had never been able to have a child and was too old for that now. That very same Elizabeth that Mary knew Gabriel tells her is now pregnant and not just a little pregnant, by the way, she's five months pregnant, a gift that is possible because of the gift of God. Now, knowing what a gift and a miracle this pregnancy of Elizabeth would be, we are told that Mary responds with eagerness to this miracle, not just the one of Elizabeth, but also of her own, as she sees that God is doing miracles, not just in her own life, but all around her. She says, here am I, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Offering herself in this way, once Mary has spoken these words, we are told that the angel departed, and it is then that Mary set out. She didn't just take her time, mind you. We are told that she went with haste to see Elizabeth, to see this miracle of a pregnant Elizabeth for herself. And I imagine in that moment as she set out that she was surely a little overwhelmed with everything happening with everything that she had heard. Not only did she know that she was going to be the mother of the son of God, but Elizabeth, well, she wasn't just pregnant. She was six months pregnant. Can you imagine someone that you know and love hiding a pregnancy from you for six months after they had hoped and prayed for this their whole lives? Can you imagine then also trying to process that all on your own? Because I surely can't. I mean, sometimes, yes, sometimes when we get big news, no matter if it's good news or difficult news, sometimes it's good for us to take time to be alone, to draw near to God as we discern God's will and try to process it. But before too long, it's also good for us, isn't it, to be together, to have people we can talk about these situations with, to process them with, people who can support us and encourage us and uplift us. You might recall if you were here last week or have ever read the whole of this story in Luke chapter one, that when Elizabeth first became pregnant, we are told that she chose to keep it to herself. Specifically, it says that she chose to remain in seclusion for the first five months of her pregnancy. I wonder if she'd have chosen to stay that way longer, almost as if in a kind of disbelief because she didn't know how to share this news if Mary hadn't gone with such haste to see her. And yet we know that it's not good that anyone should be alone. It is not good that anyone should be without community for too long. And so maybe this is a great gift for both of them when Gabriel invites Mary to know that Elizabeth is also carrying a child. A gift that allows them to wonder together, to marvel at what is, at what has been, and what is yet to be. Not that they have to wonder for long, of course. For we're told that Mary greeted Elizabeth upon entering her home. And in that moment, Elizabeth heard Mary's voice. We are told that the child leapt in her womb and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says to her, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. I wonder if anyone, perhaps a bit like Mary here, 
Has ever had news to share that you didn't quite know how to share? Maybe there's a situation that you wanted people to know about, but you didn't want to have to tell them. Or there was a situation that you wanted to explain, but you knew that it was going to be hard for anyone to believe or understand it, and so you didn't really know where to start. Because that's how I imagine Mary feeling here. Can you imagine the burden of trying to explain to someone that you are pregnant with God's child, right? It was hard for her to know how she was going to explain this. And if anyone could understand, she seemed to know that it's going to be Elizabeth, who was clearly this faithful servant of God, who was also in the midst of living and being a miracle of God in her pregnancy. And so she seemed to understand that Elizabeth would understand as she went to her. And can you imagine then her relief? I imagine as she went all the way to see Elizabeth that she wondered and worried the whole time, how am I going to explain this one? And then she gets there. She walks in the house and Elizabeth, upon hearing her greeting, just knows. Mary didn't even have to tell her. She just already knew. She knew that Mary was blessed. She knew that she was in the present of this blessed child that Mary was carrying. Elizabeth just knew. When I think of community, when I think of how much we need it, when I think of being surrounded by loved ones who know me and who care for me, When I think of what I need or what I long for in the relationships that I put energy into, and when I think of the best of those kinds of relationships, I think of those people that you can be still with. Kind of people who don't require you to say anything, but who are good at just being. I have a friend who articulated that to me once as the gift of having someone to do nothing with. Do you have those people in your life? Because there are a lot of times when these kinds of relationships come forth as a gift. And maybe those relationships are the kind of people who, like, at the end of a long day, they're the ones you want to be with when you don't want to be alone, but you don't really want to talk about it either, right? Or when you're filled with grief and you don't have words to express it and they don't try to give them to you anyway. Or maybe when there's a time of joy and celebration when you don't need words, but you want to share that moment with someone. In all of these times, one of the greatest gifts that we can give or receive is to be surrounded by people and community who are there with us and through it all. Mary and Elizabeth are that kind of community for each other. And not just for a passing moment, mind you, but we are told here that Mary stayed for three months with Elizabeth, three months in which they would have time to talk through what's going on together, to be still, and to encourage one another. Can you imagine having the kind of friend or family member that you haven't seen in at least six months, because we know she didn't know she was pregnant, and then all of a sudden you show up at their house and just move in for three months? That, friends, is the greatest kind of community, isn't it? And it's how we're called to live, too. Maybe not to literally physically open up your guest room or your uh, house to another person, but the greatest gift of being in a part of a faith community like this one together is knowing that you never have to do anything alone. That whatever it is that your life brings, we are in it together. When things go wrong, 
when tragedy strikes, when we know that we can't fix the hardship going on in your life, no matter how much we long to. Or on the other hand, when celebrations happen and we can't fully express the joys that they bring. The highs and lows of life and everything in between, when they come, we know that we can't change our circumstances, but we can be in them together. We can help you live through them together because life is easier and better and more whole and more full when we do it together, isn't it? I wonder for you, what is it about our togetherness or our community that is the most life-giving to you right now at this time in your life? Maybe it's some of the gifts that the community highlights or that we talk about as we light the Advent wreath, like the gifts of hope and peace or joy and love. Maybe it's the reminder that you are beloved, that you are worthy of those things you usually only want for other people, right? Like rest or knowing that you have a place you can call home or knowing that you are enough, or knowing that you are longed for as an important and rooted part of this community. Maybe it's about something else, like the rest it gives your spirit to just be in this place, or the new life that is breathed into us as we gather and worship together, or the generosity of God that we see reflected in people around us. Maybe it's one of these things, maybe it's something else altogether. But whatever it is for you, whatever that life-sustaining gift of community that keeps you coming back to this place might be, I want you to know and to be assured that as much as Elizabeth and Mary knew the gift of their presence together, as much as Elizabeth knew that Mary brought these gifts with her from the moment that she heard her voice, in that way, I long for you to be known here in this place. And as a reminder of that gift, I have a little token and gift, tangible gift that I want to give to you today, that I want you to take with you into the week to come. You see, as a part of preparing for this day, we have three of our youngest church members who are part of our congregation here who have spent more hours than I could probably count making you a gift. Specifically, they wanted to make for you friendship bracelets. Because on these friendship bracelets specifically, you're going to find words written out that are about some of the gifts that we want you to both be able to take as you need them, but also to share as you are able. Gifts like the words written on them are things like simplicity or light or celebrate or as is written on mine, beloved. You are beloved. The words are gifts like gather or joy or encourage or friend or new life. Whatever it is that you need, I hope that you will take this gift that has been made for you with love and that you will know that as you take one and as you wear it or as you put it somewhere that it reminds you each and every day, it will be a reminder that you are needed, that you are loved, that you are cared for here in this place, in this community. Because we are better at being who we are when you are a part of us. 
And so in a little while, when we share in the gift of Holy Communion, I'm going to invite you to browse through the many words that you'll see. There are trays in the back behind the last row of pews. And when you find one that speaks to you, I'll invite you to take that word and that gift and that bracelet with you. But until that time of receiving, both through these gifts of friendship bracelets and in the gift of Holy Communion, let us first take a moment to pause and to reflect and to be present as we share in our song of reflection together. As we prepare for our next song, won't you pray with me? Faithful, loving, and generous God, We give you thanks for your abundance here in this place and especially for the gift of community where we can sustain and uplift and encourage and uphold one another. Thank you for the gift of your love and abundance that helps us to do so as we honor you through our prayers and our presence in the name of Jesus Christ, your son and our Lord, amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.